Welcome to Prototype, a podcast about the best product people in tech and their key insights to help you build great products. I'm your host, Ankit Gupta, and my guest today is Vijay Sai Patnayak, a product manager on Google's highly ambitious self-driving car project. Vijay became a product manager after exploring many other roles. An engineer by education, he worked in venture capital with Excel Partners in New Delhi, then at one of India's biggest e-commerce startups, Pepperfry, and eventually came to Google after graduating from Harvard Business School with an MBA. At Google, Vijay worked in two different products, first AdWords and then Google Home Services, before starting his most recent gig on the self-driving car team. Today, we're going to talk about what it means to be a product manager at Google, the future of self-driving cars, and his advice on how to become a product manager. Vijay, welcome to Prototype. Thanks, Ankit. Really excited to be here today. I'm really glad to have you here. So, you know, I think everyone's fascinated by the thought of a self-driving car. Um, I feel like it's something straight out of science fiction. I mean, it's it's insane that, that we can actually have it for real. Uh, and someone working on it full time must be must be really fascinating. I'm absolutely amazed by it every single day, even like, though I work on the product, just to see those things uh, drive around uh, the way do the way they do, and the technology behind it it amazes me every single day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you wake up and you you get to work and you feel like you know you're not even on Earth anymore and in reality anymore, like? Yeah, I mean, it is it is futuristic, right? And the and and the first time you sit in that car and see it drive itself is is a magical experience. Uh, and so it, I just have to say, it's huge kudos to the team that that builds it. I guess we talk a lot about hey, what are all the different things that still need to be built on the technology side, uh, but what what exists today itself is is it's, it's it you have to feel it's magical. Google's not alone in this right now. There's there's a bunch of new companies. Uh, Newtonomy started a test in in Singapore. Uber started started their cars, um, and and uh, a lot of car manufacturers are coming in. There's acquisitions in this space. Um, is is Google um, still the leader here? Because Google definitely started the whole thing. Yeah. So. Um, I can't really say whether Google's uh, the leader because I don't have insight into sort of where um, where a lot of the other teams uh, stand with this. Um, on our end, sort of we are focused on uh, making sure that uh, our technology is very safe uh, and it's uh, and it's it's a comfortable driving experience for our users. And uh, we, uh, as you might know already, uh, Google is aiming for what's called L four autonomy, meaning uh, the form of uh, autonomous driving where uh, there's no human intervention required. Mm. So you can just press a button and the car can go from point A to point B, point B to point C without at any point needing a human being to intervene. And that's called L4 autonomy. That's right. So the Is NH- that what everyone else is aiming for also? So the different uh, players in the market are working on, uh, have different focus areas. So uh, there are companies that are working on what's L2 or L3, which means Think of them as uh, as advanced driver assistance systems. So in certain conditions, they can take over uh, the systems, can take over the car, uh, or you know, in, let's say on a highway, the car the car can mm-hmm. drive by itself, or it can go. Which ahead. is what Tesla has. 
right that's now. right so that's what an nhtsa which is the uh, in the us agency would call a l2 or l3 uh, driving so so different players are taking a different approach to the market got it so in this l scale where does cruise control land uh, cruise control, you know, I'd have to look up the definitions probably. L <laughs> like L0, 0. 0.5. It's a good question. It's either L1 or L2, I would say. Mm. Some, somewhere of those. I'm not fully crystal clear on the Because I'm happy with my cruise control driving me around. But when it comes to like a fully autonomous car, I, I just have like panic attacks or something. It's like uh, putting my life in a robot's hand. is. Yeah, which is why I said I think um, as a company, we are... Uh, very focused on making sure that uh, as and when we launch, this is an experience that users is safe uh, for sure, um, and users feel that it's safe as well, right? And and those and so um, so that it has to be very safe. It also looks cute, the car, right? Which helps. That's right. So our prototype car, in fact, does uh, you know it's it's funny. Uh, you see kids' reactions to it. They they all they seem to love it a lot. <laughs> Uh, and that has to be a little bit about the looks, right? Yeah, the kid. I mean, the kids would love it, and I feel like the kids wouldn't even know, you know, how to drive a car in the future. That would be an ideal scenario, right? Maybe we look back on in like uh, some few years and we say, why did we ever have to spend that much time commuting and uh, getting into accidents? You know, there are like a million accidents a year worldwide. The average commute is like fifty minutes per day. Uh, but yeah, the ideal you know future is that the cars are uh, are driving by themselves, freeing us of uh, the burdensome task of of commuting and driving every day, and they are much safer than human drivers. So we drastically reduce the number of accidents, and then all sorts of good other good things happen, right? I feel like if I am in a self driving car, I would just like waste a lot more time you know people people say self-driving car is gonna make me more productive but i feel like i would just end up you know watching a movie or or playing a game or i don't know just like hanging out yeah that that uh, and that's that all sounds a much better use of time than sitting in a car just staring at the car ahead of you <laughs> and uh, probably cursing the traffic right yeah yeah you know, i mean it's a favorite it's our favorite pastime though i feel like we lose a favorite pastime yeah like cursing like Every time, every time I go to a party, uh, especially when I have to go from San Francisco to to the Bay Area, uh, like the first thing, first thing I would say is, "Oh my God, the traffic on 101." Yeah. Like that's a piece of conversation we have now because everyone's experiencing that traffic on 101. Hey, maybe then you can talk about the great movie you watched by <laughs> instead of the traffic itself, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe the car will like recommend me the right movie based on the amount of time I have, like the commute time I have. That's a good idea. <laughs> Maybe some uh, we should look into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fascinating. So you know, this is all this is all science fiction, futuristic work. But you do this on a day to day basis, uh, and you know, typically uh, product managers have, you know, they have some customers. They they know what they need to deliver. They know what they need to build. They work with engineers, designers, marketers, a bunch of people to like deliver this. Um, but in this case, your product is is not out there, right? doesn't have any users. Uh, there's a lot of technology research that still needs to needs to happen. Um, and so as you do your role, you go to work every day. What do you even do? <laughs> it's like, what, what is your role as a, as a product manager in, yeah. in this, in this uh, 
kind of weird futuristic project. Yeah, so um, I think before I answer that question, it might be helpful to sort of put in context of what my role on my previous uh, project at Google looked yeah. like, because that's probably more um, better for for um, for our uh, listeners, probably a better representation of what an average PM. And that was um, in AdWords? That was in ads, yeah, so in, on Google Home Services, right? Okay. Uh, so that's probably more representative of if you went to a company today and started working, um, what uh, what your day-to-day -day experience would look like, right? Mm -hmm. And then I can contrast that with saying, hey, wh where does the self-driving car project differ and hence how does the role change yeah. when yeah. you're working on something like this? Um, so, you know, I tend to think of the product manager role as, um, as wearing many different hats, uh, but it's the science and art of shipping the right product to the right users. Um, so, and in order to do that, you have to wear many different hats. So, and what hat you wear kind of depends on where, what life cycle the product is in. So to explain that a little bit more, so let's say you're in the early stage of the product where you're still defining, you know, what is the problem that we are trying to solve? Why should we solve it? You're trying to get people excited about, uh, engineers and designers excited about it. And you're trying to convince executives for giving you resources to build this. Uh, or if you're at a startup, then you're convincing, convincing investors to give you money to, to fund all of this. And that happens at Google also. You have to do, as a product manager, you have to do a lot of different things at different uh, stages of the product. That's right. So in the initial phase, you, you know, you're doing all this work to both get your, like, your uh, designers and engineers excited about this, as well as executives excited and saying, yes, this is a problem that, uh, that we should solve. So this is a phase where you're a, you're, the hat you're putting on is that of a visionary, of an evangelist and also of a resource manager, uh, sort of trying to, what, what is the team we need to build, what approvals we need, et cetera, right? Um, so then you move on to say, okay. Maybe a question on this. So what, uh, you know, people talk about vision a lot in the Valley. Uh, everyone needs to be a visionary or, yeah. or kind of like, we, we celebrate visionaries. Uh, how important is, uh, is that for a product manager? Um, I think it's tremendously important. So, uh, and I want to qualify here that when I say visionary, I'm not necessarily referring to sort of the Steve Jobs iconic <laughs> visionary. It's not like that much of a vision. Yeah, but in the area that you're working in, you need to have a, a clear articulated vision of, uh, of what the world looks like once you solve this problem. Right? How far out? Um, I, I think that depends. So if you if we are talking about self-driving cars, the time horizon is probably different. We can sit and right now debate what a 50-year vision looks like. We probably need to talk about much shorter horizon because that's what we'll be building towards. Uh, in some other products like Google Home Services, we talked about uh, a vision that was three or four years out, which is, hey, if we were to solve this problem, here's how the magical experience would look like uh, for a user. So. So you don't you not all you don't all have to be Steve Jobs, uh, but you need to have a really crisp vision for uh, the problem area that you're working in. Um, what what is the what what does what is your vision of how it'll look like once uh, once let's say you succeeded as a team in in making it uh, mission experience better. So you have a vision which is super important. You uh, work, do a lot of work to kind of sell it to people. Uh, what next? So, okay, so let's say you did a great job of that, of surfacing this vision, collaboratively coming up with this vision, and like you now have a team that's excited and has the budget to start working towards this. So next comes the strategy phase, right? Okay, so, you know, what, what's our overall roadmap? What is the first product we should, uh, we should build? So the output of that, and this is happening collaboratively with your team, right? 
so you're not sitting there by a corner and making uh, sort of decisions like this. You're working with your team to collectively come up with what that should be. Uh, so the a typical output at this at this stage would be either a product product roadmap and then a PRD. Uh, PRD stands for product requirements document. So it'll call out, hey, what are our goals? What's the scope of the first product we launch? Um, and so on and so forth. Um, How much does the PRD change over the course of the product? So the PRD is ideally supposed to be a living document. So mm -hmm. as you make decisions further down the product lifecycle also, uh, the PRD evolves because it's not like, hey, you made a decision now, it's gonna be set in stone. As you learn new information, you, you update it. Uh, but in this phase, the, the role it plays, it, it helps make it very clear to the entire team sort of what exactly are we building for which user. Um, and it helps the engineering and design teams start working towards their own designs. So if you've done a good job at this stage of road mapping and creating a PRD, your engineering team can go ahead and start uh, doing the design for what the engine system should look like. And your design team can get started on saying, hey, let's start building the, uh, the overall user experience and specifically design the user interfaces and stuff. So they use it as a starting point. And so it needs to be very clear and crisp. To you need everybody. to put in a lot of thought into it. Absolutely. It needs to be very thoughtful. Absolutely. I think it needs to, be, uh, it needs to have uh, enough detail that whoever, uh, whichever engineer is thinking about what they should build, it's very clear to them. Um, as well as it should be for audiences like the execs, it should be a crisp enough summary that anybody reading just one page can also tell uh, what exactly is happening. So, um, so you collectively come up and crystallize this into uh, sort of product requirements. And the next stage is basically when the development starts, right? So as I said, the engineering team starts working towards their design and development. The design team starts on the same path and you as a PM at that point are playing the role of a contributor and a project manager, right? So you work with the designers on design. So often I'd spend a day just doing a design sprint with my team uh, or debating certain engineering trade-offs with, uh, with the engineering team. Uh, and depending on what product you're working on at this stage, you might also kick off marketing, sales, operations related activities, or make sure legal and privacy related things are taken care of. What do you mean kickoff? So by kickoff, I meant, um, so let's assume that you are working on a product that uh, requires you to sell to small medium business or enterprises. You need a certain lead time to figure out what your sales strategy is, what you're pitching to them, who are the first set of clients you're gonna to pitch to and start that whole process. Um, so once you're clear what you're building first up, which is what you defined in the prior phase, you can then, uh, the sales team now has a clear enough um, mandate to start working towards that. So that's what I meant by kickoff. And you as a PM are working with each of these individual teams on their uh, areas um, and so so that's why you're both contributing to what they're doing as well as project managing to make sure all these different teams are working on the same thing so we're we're, we're, we're like a tight ship moving together i'm glad you mentioned project management because some people confuse the two things product manager and a project management what is is it is a product manager's job mostly project management or is there more to it so there's a lot more to it. I would say project management is one of the things that a product manager does. And depending on which company you're at, sometimes companies will have, or teams will have separate project managers who focus on just that. The roles I've been in, I have typically done that as part of my role. So how I think about project management is, um, let's say you've defined what needs to be built. Uh, you've defined how it's going to be built. 
Now there's a clear set of action items that, that are going to be done and project management is making sure that you're tracking well to those, uh, preemptively seeing if there's any problem in an area that you should troubleshoot and making sure things are getting done. Um, so, so that's what I sort of referred to as, uh, as project management. And so in this development phase where all these different teams are working um, in, you know, pretty fast in respective areas, it's important to do that to make sure A, things are getting done on time, B, you're troubleshooting things before they become big problems, and C, to make sure all of uh, the different teams are working towards the same thing. Um, so that's that's the phase, um, sort, of, sort, of, sort of I think of it as the third phase. And then there's obviously as you get closer to launch, uh, then you know you if if you uh, you're doing a lot of being a spokesperson. So both internally to make sure everybody's on the same page. Hey, here are the last five things we need to do. This is the launch date. Tracking to that, doing bug bashes with the engineering team, etc. And also if you need to publish a blog post out to the team, making sure that's happening. And if you're at a big company like Google, there are launch approval processes that happen as you get closer to launch. So you're shepherding those. Uh, so there's a set of launch related activities that you do to make sure that you land the launch really well and if you're doing marketing at the time of launch then you're working closely with that team um, and the launch is very important for the success of the product right that's like uh like in the movie business they say uh, the first weekend is a is the best indicator yeah ever. and so it, and it so in in case of um in case of uh, any product yes launch is super important sometimes if you're at a big company, you might have a little bit of leeway where, uh, let's say Google wanted to launch a new product, uh, Google already has lots of users coming to it. So it might have a little bit of leeway in sort of staying under the radar and being able to test a new product. So they don't always do a big splash announcement about it. But if you're a startup, you probably want um, a lot of users, so you might do a different set of activities. Uh, so that's a soft launch, like you might just have a few Google users use your product. Absolutely. You can go from a spectrum of just having internal users. You can say, hey, we're going to launch this. Users who discover it will come to us and we'll get feedback from them. And the, at the other end of the spectrum is, hey, we're going to launch with a big splash and there's going to be publicity around it. Um, so depending on the product, the answer might be very different for you. But there's a set of activities that you may need to do to make sure that lands pretty well. And interestingly, it's just as important for the morale of the team because you have a team that's been working really hard towards this launch. Um, so when you land this well, it's it's a it's a morale boost for the for the team as well, and a and a big milestone. Yeah, and big parties. Uh, I don't know about the parties because as <laughs> soon as you launch, you realize that that this was actually just the start, and ah, so <laughs> and the bugs <laughs> keep coming in now. The users are complaining. Yeah, this is yeah. This, so now servers get overloaded. Exactly. Well, so this is this is the fun time, right? Which is you start getting real, like your live users start giving you feedback. You're excited about the things that are working well, but more often than not, there are many things that are not. So this is phase five. Is it like it's like after the launch? Yeah. So this is I tend to think of this as iteration phase, right? Which is you launch something, uh, you're getting feedback from real users. You probably need to tweak a lot of different parts in your product. So you might kick off some user research to understand some things better. You might be doing a lot of analysis to plow through the data on what's working, what's not. Uh, you might uh, already from your roadmap be building towards the next thing that you said you'd build. So that's, again, it's not like the launch happened and the teams are sitting still. It's actually now is when the action begins. They're not just drinking beer all day. <laughs> no. uh, so a PM needs as you know a lot of different skills. Probably every day, depending on which phase you are in, the days are different from, from each other. What's the most exciting to you? 
what like what makes you which phase or which kind of activity makes you really excited to be a product manager yeah so so you're absolutely right your day-to-day you're working across many different areas and so there's no typical day per se right so uh as i I think as i mentioned in the beginning my uh what interested me a lot about the product management role was just the breadth of things that i get to be involved in and and uh working with people who are really smart about their areas uh in order to launch something um so one day i might be uh spending uh five hours with my design team in a design sprint to design what the what the user experience looks like another day i might be you know, just spending a lot of time bug bashing with the engineers uh, to iron out those last uh, problems in the in the software. Uh, third day, I might be actually working with the sales team on what our uh, sort of sales targets are and how we track into that. So I really enjoy the challenges of solving problems across each of these different areas and working with really smart people to get us to launching a product. Yeah. Yeah, no, but this is this is a this is something different. But you know, a bug bash makes it sound so exciting. You know, it's, like a, it's like a bash. It's like a it's like a birthday party, just with bugs. It's 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 more like you're bashing bugs that are in the system. Oh yeah, you're also bashing the bugs. Yeah. yeah so so you put a different twist to it than I think was intended. But uh, but maybe I can I can uh, I can position it that way. Yeah, you get more people to find bugs. Yeah, I party. mean, typically it's it, you know when you're finding bugs, people aren't. Super happy, so I <laughs> often bring donuts to our mug bashing. <laughs> nice, nice, yeah. Get get the sugar going. Um, and so I'm guessing on the self-driving car project, a lot of the earlier phases were already done when you joined. the The team was in place, the vision was in place, um, the the funding was there. Uh, so was it the same then? Uh, the kind of day to day iteration. Yeah, so I think the day-to-day uh, is, is different on this team than, than on my previous team. Um, so as you pointed out, a lot of the early vision work and all that is done. Um, so I typically spend a lot of my time working with the, uh, with the engineering team, uh, with one of the engineering teams uh, pretty closely. Uh, and then I spend a lot of time on sort of product strategy and stuff. So the, the product hasn't launched yet. So, yeah. you know, as we think about bringing this technology to the market, we have to have a clear point of view on sort of what's the, what's our strategy, what's the product we are going to launch and why that versus something else. So that's something I spend uh, a, a lot of do time on. Do you present the strategy or do you get feedback from people within the company, the executives? Absolutely. As I said, anything you do as a product manager, almost never you're sort of sitting in a corner and making yeah. these decisions yourself. You might sit in the corner and do a lot of brainstorming to come up with ideas, but almost always you are collaboratively working with other people to both surface uh, ideas on what we should do, build consensus on whether that makes sense as a strategy. Uh, and then and this happens at both levels. You're doing this with your teams and engineers, um, as well as with the executives. Uh, so up and down the org so that there's alignment on what, what is a good strategy uh, to pursue. So people who want to sit in a corner should not become product managers. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> you need to like people. Uh, that's really interesting. Um, what do you think your engineering background has set you up sort of better to be a, a product manager on such a technical project, or or is it something that is not very you know not too useful? And maybe your business background is actually more useful. So I think engineering background helps a lot. Um, so uh, I want to clarify when I say that uh, it's not in the sense of hey I should know coding and that's what is helpful. So a lot uh, of the time uh, people will ask me hey do I need to know coding 
in order to, or be a good programmer in order to be a product manager? Uh, and there my answer is no, but what you do need to do really well is just understand the engineering design of your system and just understand the constraints of the system really well because otherwise you're going to make poor prioritization decisions, right? If you don't know how much time something takes or how complicated something is, when it comes to making decisions about, hey, what should be on the roadmap, what should be our strategy, you're going to end up making... But you can ask the engineers, right? You can ask how much time something would take or... Absolutely. Um, but over time, if you're a good product manager, what you're doing often is representing whoever's not in the room. Mm -hmm. So if you're sitting in a discussion about a strategy meeting uh, and you're talking to the execs, your understanding of, uh, of the system will help you answer questions that will come up about, uh, hey, can we do this by this time, etc. So you can always go back and bother some engineer <laughs> or you can develop that understanding yourself. Yeah. Which brings me to the other part, which is I think a lot of the work that PMs do is with their engineering teams and it helps you get respect from the engineering teams if you have that background, you can talk their language. Um, mind you, you still have to ask them lots of stupid questions to understand yeah. the systems, yeah. uh, but they need to trust that A, you have good uh, judgment and will be able to represent them in these discussions and when you're making these prioritization uh, or having these prioritization discussions, that uh, you understand the system well enough to make intelligent trade-offs and stuff. So both from um, from uh, from a getting credibility with engineers' perspective, and equally importantly from the perspective of making prioritization decisions and roadmap decisions, I think it's really important to uh, the, the engineering background really helps. Um, do you know how to code? So I do a. You know, I I hack together uh, internal tools if needed and stuff, so I nice. can't claim any coding beyond that. Uh, by the way, that's one area where if you are a programmer, uh, it helps you. So, um, so for example, uh, on one of my previous teams, uh, the the sales team was uh, struggling with a particular workflow, so I uh, spent a day just uh, hacking together a, a, a JavaScript based tool that would help them. Oh, wow. um, and and it, they actually really appreciated that, right? So there are opportunities. So you're not probably checking in code as a product manager, like yeah. uh, there are, your engineers are far better at doing them. You're you're better off letting them do it. But there are areas where if you have a programming background, you can use that skill set to uh, to help out internal teams. Yeah, yeah. Seems like the more I guess broad you are as a product manager, the more things you know how to do intuition you have in a lot of different areas it, it helps a lot absolutely right and by the way i should point out that um a lot of the time you know you're when you're doing analysis on product and stuff you are uh running all these sql queries and stuff you need to be able to read code to understand what to query and stuff so that's where uh your ability to understand basic programming helps you okay so last question you know you've been a, a product manager for for a few years and and um, this is, you know, you're doing some amazing things. Other people uh, who want to be like you, who want to get into product management, uh, what advice do you have for them? Sure. Um, so I'd say two or three pieces of advice. So uh, the first one uh, is uh, try it out before you jump into it. So uh, I found that product management is one of these roles uh, where uh, not a lot of people outside the, the who are not PMs have familiarity with what exactly do uh, PMs do or what do they do on a daily basis, which is why it's great you're, you're doing the podcast. Um, but it's important for you to, to understand that. And I think the best way to try it out is to actually do it. So 
my way of doing that was to do an internship but there could be other ways which is it go and build something like see what it mm. if you have a small idea that you've been itching to try out get together with a few friends and see what it takes to bring that to market mm. and and when you look back on it think about whether you enjoyed that did you enjoy working across 10 different areas to make sure that the product uh, launch happened did you enjoy the process of, of being exactly. a product manager uh, if if you came out of that and said no actually you know what i just like the process of sitting down headphones on and coding then pm may not be the right answer for you or you said no i actually just really like sales and working with clients then again product management may not be the right answer for you yeah uh, so it's important to for you to try it out um uh, for yourself um the second uh, advice i'd have is uh, if you do uh, become interested in, in in being a product manager is uh, think hard about the kind of company you want to go and be a pm at right so there's different trade offs if you came to a, a company like google there are some advantages like uh, as we said it's an established uh, it has an established product management function uh, there's lots of mentors there are a variety of products so you, so, uh, you can move between them and try out different products um, but you could also say hey i want to go to an early stage startup where i get a lot more scope uh, and and do it that way and there's probably an answer in between where you go to a mid stage startup where there are a few people in product management Uh, but the company is growing really fast, so they'll give you lots of responsibilities. So think hard about um, what kind of what stage of company you want to go to, and uh, also do you, uh, are the folks there the set of people that you really want to be working with? Because as a PM, day in and day out, you'll be working very closely with the respective teams. Mm. So if I go in and I interview, I should I should really evaluate uh, the the people. Absolutely. Use that in my decision making. Absolutely, it's a two-way diligence process. Uh, the the interview process. So you have to you have to be want to be working with those folks uh, every single day because, as I said, as a PM, you're almost never working solo. Yeah. Um. So so how much you gel with your team is as big a factor, uh, in the team's overall well-being and functioning as anything else. Um. So I'd say those those couple of things would probably be. um would be my advice to anybody who's still trying to think about hey is this product management right for me where should i go to etc great great uh, i love how you said just try it out uh try out being a product manager because that is uh, i feel like any product is a prototype mm-hmm. uh, the product itself is something that that you're trying it out mm-hmm. uh, and and that's why you know this podcast is a prototype also uh, cuz Because anything in product management, really, uh, the process, the interview, the the product itself, everything is a prototype at the end of the day, uh, and and uh, you know just go out and and prototype. Yeah, I'm glad to be chatting with you on this version one of the prototype. Yeah, thanks, thanks a lot. This was a fascinating conversation. Thanks, Vijay. Great being here. Thank you.